Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Friday, everyone. It's good to have you with me today. My voice is still a little raspy, but I think we'll be okay. We have been talking about the manifestation gifts from 1 Corinthians 12. There's nine of them listed here. They can be broken into three categories. The power gifts of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. And then the utterance gifts of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then the gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Now we're talking about this first category, the power gifts. And we're presently talking about the working of miracles. God manifests his presence and his power and his omnipotence by sometimes just changing the course of nature. Just showing that there is something supernatural, something beyond what we can see. Now, that is a fact. There is something beyond the natural. But if we just live in this world and we don't see anything that would say to us, there's something beyond my five senses and my reasoning, then we may believe what I see is all there is. There's nothing else. And so this gift is to show us that there is something beyond the natural. There is a spiritual realm that God lives in. And so these gifts are to manifest the power of God, and to confirm his word. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested for preaching the gospel. And it says in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, They could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak to all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Now this is speaking of the man who had been lame and was sitting at the gate and Peter and John healed this man so he could walk. This was a notable miracle. This man had been 40 years in this condition. Everybody in Jerusalem had seen him over the years begging at the temple gates. And Peter and John, through the power of God, through a miracle, healed this man and it witnessed to the people that there was truth and a power of God in Peter and John. 
And they couldn't really do anything about it because of this miracle. Now, I want you to see how they responded when they were let go. It says in verse 23, And when they returned to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, then they began to pray. Now, notice what they prayed in verse 29. They said, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The disciples, after being arrested and threatened and told not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus, they came together and prayed, and they prayed for two things, that they would have continued boldness, that they wouldn't be intimidated by the threats of these in authority that said, don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. But they also prayed that God would continue to do signs and wonders so that it would confirm their word and there would be an evidence that the things they were saying were true. And I believe that that's the main reason that God does miracles and wonders. So I think if we want more miracles in our life, maybe we need to pray that we're more bold in speaking the word of God because God then confirms his word by miracles. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't share another aspect of this with you. Once we believe in God and the supernatural, we should not then just follow someone because there's miracles and there's wonders. The Bible is very clear that signs and wonders can be done by other spiritual forces. There are demonic spirits as well as there are angelic spirits. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 24, Christ warns his followers that in the last days there will be false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So the supernatural shows us that there is a spiritual realm beyond what is natural, beyond our reasoning, beyond what we can see. But once you realize that, just because you see a miracle performed doesn't mean that the power behind that miracle is of God. And so we have to be careful here that we're not led astray or give credence to doctrines that are not of God just because we see the person espousing that doctrine can perform a miracle. Another portion of scripture that warns us of this is Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 9. And it says here, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they may be saved. And so there is truth as well as the supernatural. There is sound doctrine. And Paul tells his followers, if someone comes and preaches to you another gospel, even if it's an angel from heaven, don't follow it. Let that person be accursed because it's not of God. We have to know the truth and the truth sets us free. Now the truth is found in the word of God, in the Bible. And I don't have time today to go into all the reasons why we believe that the Bible is the word of God. I have done that in other broadcasts. But just to say, don't just be swayed because of supernatural happenings. 
that you can't explain this and say, oh, oh well, this must be of God because this is supernatural. This couldn't be done in the natural. No, the Bible tells us that there are other spiritual forces at work in the world. And so what we have to do is have a sound foundation in the word of God. So we're not led astray by something that's false just because we see a miracle. Now, I wish I could say that Christians have followed this down through the ages, but they haven't. Many Christians have been led astray by false doctrine, led into heresy, things that were not according to the word of God, because the person that was teaching the false doctrine was performing miracles. And so there's a real balance here. Yes, the gifts of the Spirit, these supernatural gifts, show us that God is real, that there is a spiritual realm. But once you have believed that, then we shouldn't just accept what someone else says because we see the miracle. We have to come back to the Word of God. Second Timothy 2 and verse 15 tells us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And so I hope I've shared the balance here with you. There is a manifestation of God's power through the gifts of the Spirit. But just because you see that happen, we must come back to the Word of God and be based upon truth and not just be, as the Bible says, tossed about with every wind of doctrine because you see someone is able to perform a miracle. Now, another aspect or corollary to this is that we shouldn't esteem someone that exercises one of these power gifts more than someone else. Gifts don't make us more spiritually mature. They are gifts. They're just given to us. They are miraculous, but they're a gift. It doesn't say that you yourself are a more spiritual person. In fact, someone that does not have any of these gifts, but has love, is greater than all of this. It's the fruit of the Spirit that determines spiritual maturity, not the gifts of the Spirit. There could be someone that's very immature spiritually, but be granted a gift. And as I've said, it doesn't make a person a teacher just because they're able to perform a miracle. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 13 says. Paul writing says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. I mean, just think about this for a moment. If someone came into our midst and was able to actually remove a mountain, I mean, I think we'd all fall down before them. We'd sort of all prostrate ourselves and say, unworthy, unworthy, you, you are a spiritual giant. But the scripture says here, that doesn't make them a spiritual giant. It just shows that they have a spiritual gift. But if they don't have love, they're nothing. We have to guard against a celebrity mentality that we think that people that can perform miracles or healings are somehow above us and we should give preferential authority to their teachings. I mean, in my experience, as I listen to people who have the gift of healing and I hear their teaching, I realize how far off they are many times. Just because someone is able to perform a miracle doesn't mean what they teach is right. 
or that we should exalt them and hold them up and revere them as above anyone else. No, the Bible says we're all members of the body of Christ. Some are more prominent than others, but all parts of the body of Christ are necessary. And so, even though these gifts are spectacular, and God has placed them in the church, we shouldn't ignore them, we should desire them, we should pray that God will use us, that we would see more and more of the gifts operate, but we should not lift them up above the word of God, or revere those who exercise these gifts as being someone special. We need to have a balance in all of these things. So, I see we're coming to the end of our time, but we'll go on tomorrow. We'll talk about this next spiritual gift and see what we can learn from it. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. But as you know, we are not meeting there right now due to the coronavirus. Instead, we are streaming our Sunday service online starting at 10.30. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all of our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.